like this, though. I'm tired of folks, you know what I'm saying? Them closed-minded folks, you know what I'm saying? It's like we got a demo tape and don't nobody want to hear it, but it's like this, the South got something to say. That's all I got to say. Everybody... Once again, y'all, it's King Known Uncensored. We got the King Known NBA Awards, ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, you're in for a treat. But first, we got to send uh, a special respect to uh, LaMarcus Aldridge. Um, he retired over the weekend. And um, what can I remember about LaMarcus Aldridge? I mean, this was like, yet kind of like a Tim Duncan prototype, if you will. Great back to the basket post game, mid-range jumper, underrated three-pointer, underrated defense. He could score. He played that four, that stretch four well, stretch five. Like, it's not like Aldridge, I'm not going to say that. Aldridge made an NBA impact, but 
we can't front like that nigga wasn't nice. Like him and Dame wasn't a great combination or something. He took the play, uh, the Blazers to the playoffs. Took the uh, Spurs to the playoffs. You know, and unfortunately, you know, and you know, a heartbeat issue cost him his career. I mean, he came back on the Brooklyn Nets as a reserve, but he was later on cut by the Nets. So, I mean. Shout out to LaMarcus Aldridge for a great NBA career. Now, is he a Hall of Famer? That's hard to judge and determine here. That's very tough. Because, I mean, LaMarcus Aldridge was a star player, but he wasn't a superstar player. I mean, by the numbers, though, in my personal opinion, if you're going to let Tracy McGrady in... I think Aldridge deserves to be in by today's Hall of Fame standards because everybody talking about Draymond's a Hall of Famer. Well, if Draymond's a Hall of Famer, then Lamarcus fucking Aldridge is definitely a Hall of Famer. I mean, his career numbers is 19 and 8. I mean, if Tommy Heinsohn gets into the uh, Hall of Fame on these numbers, then I feel like L.A. should be... uh, in this conversation. I mean, this man is a seven-time All-Star. A lot of people forget how nice LaMarcus Aldridge was. You know, in some of the big playoff games, though, I had wished that he was a little bit more assertive. But other than that, I mean, he averaged 21-9 and in the playoffs. But I just feel like he had he could have done more in my book as far as like I mean he had, he could have won a championship somewhere. I mean he had chances in San Antonio and in Portland to win a title. But still a great player. Not necessarily a top 100 player or anything like that, but just a solid-ass pro basketball player. Now, Russell Westbrook, I wanted to talk about um, the crazy game that he had against Memphis on the 29th. Like, this dude had a throwback performance, and I was watching. Like, this guy has improved since coming to the Clippers. I mean, this guy had 36 points and 10 assists and four rebounds. Shot 13 of 18. He knows, and you and, and he's shooting the three a lot better than he was on the Lakers. He's a lot more confident in that jump shot than he was on the Lakers, kind of like he was in OKC. And he's using the, the backboard like D-Wade did. And his mid-range jumper is a lot better as well. I just wanted to point that out because a lot of people in the media and a lot of fans in general just shit on Russell Westbrook every fucking day. And I just be like, God damn, boy, what can he do right? Me? If you playing like shit, I'm going to say you playing like shit. But a 36.10 assist 
performance, you can't ignore that. Like, even with Le when LeBron does that, you got to shout him out. You know what I mean? You got to show a nigga love. Show a nigga love. Speaking of niggas going crazy, how about that Drew Holiday for 51 points? Now, I'm not trying to disrespect Drew Holiday's performance whatsoever. I mean, he shot 20 of 30 and had eight rebounds and eight assists. This was probably one of the better performances of the season, if you ask me. If I could praise Steph for having 39, 8, and 8, why not praise Drew Holiday for having 51, 8, and 8 on the best team, on arguably the best team in the East? That was an amazing game. But I'm not trying to discredit Holiday. But this is more further proof that Drew Holiday, at the age he's at, at the stage of his career he's at, he's busting 51 down. The scoring and the lacking on the defensive end is a problem for the NBA. To me, a lot of people view this era as just so much better and so much more talented, but there's no physical defense. You can't touch them. You can't hard foul them. Like a regular, a common foul is a flagrant foul in this era now. So these kids today have the advantage over a Jordan, uh, a Kobe, a Shaquille, a Bill Russell, a Wilt Chamberlain, etc., etc. The Sacramento Kings clinched the playoffs. That's big. They haven't made the playoffs, I think, since what? 06? I think it's 06, bro. When they had Ron Artest and Mike Bibby. Like, they haven't made the playoffs in, in a long-ass time. I think it's 06, though. And that's a big, major accomplishment for Mike Brown. And this shows that Mike Brown is a good coach. And those LeBron fans that be saying that LeBron didn't have a great coach, suck one. Suck one. Because your jaw keep locking. I mean, De'Aaron Fox and the combination of De'Aaron Fox and DeMontis Sabonis proved to be exactly what I thought it was going to be, but they definitely overachieved, for sure. They definitely overachieved. And then, of course, Keegan Murray, who I was excited that Sacramento got, they are utilizing him differently than I expected, but what they're doing is working. It's winning basketball. Running Murray off of screens and getting him open shots versus Murray initiating the offense and going one-on-one -on -one was genius. Then, you know, signing Malik Monk, trading for Kevin Herter, signing Trey Lyles, drafting Davion Mitchell last year. Um... Giving Terrence Davis more minutes. Um, 
Harrison Barnes uh, being Harrison Barnes, you know? This is just great coaching and great work by an elite contender. Not a championship contender, but playoff contender, of course. Okay, so, allegedly, or should I say, this is true. Andrew Wiggins is back, from what I hear from the streets. Andrew Wiggins is back practicing with the Golden State Warriors. The Warriors need him. If they got a chance or a shot at the title again, they're going to need Andrew Wiggins because he was arguably the second best player in last year's playoff run to the title. You know, Andrew Wiggins is 15 points, six rebounds, and three assists. He wasn't able to get it going as far as I'm concerned this season because of the personal issues that he was going through. It was never really determined, like, what was actually going on with Wiggins. But that's not our business. And I think we should really practice staying out of motherfuckers' business, especially if they don't want you to know their business. And I feel like them trying to make a fake rumor up like they had did was wrong it wasn't necessarily confirmed that the wife was cheating so anyway shout out to Andrew Wiggins I am glad that um he's back and the, the playing field will be a lot more level now going into the playoffs Rome Streets is back. The Griselda artist dropped a new project with producer Big Ghost LTD. You're unfamiliar with Big Ghost LTD? Man, I remember when Big Ghost LTD um, was um, doing album reviews back in, two, in the 2010s. I definitely look up to the dude. You know, I definitely got some of my review chops from Buddy. I got to give him some credit. He definitely was an inspiration to what I'm doing. And for him to be one of the, the games sought out producers. I remember when Griselda Ghost dropped. And he was pushing and promoting this shit. And I was curious. And the next thing you know, I'm a Griselda and a TDE artist, man. In my mind. The rest is history. And Rome Streets, one of the game's best lyricists, decides to drop something heavy on us. Rome wasn't built in a day. So, uh, let's get into it wasn't built in a day. Because I didn't know he came out like a friend of mine on my, on, on my Facebook, uh, posted the album and it came out late February I don't know how the fuck I missed this but let's get into it Godspeed featuring DJ well I'm gonna say this Uh, my bad Godspeed is solid 
good starter, solid starter, but Suicide featuring Lukey Cage and Conway the Machine is fire. Conway and Rome Streets completely destroy this record. And then Lukey Cage with the interlude at the end. I get the interlude and the concept of the interlude. Y'all motherfuckers always go for the most popular motherfuckers because he was talking about how niggas on Street Fighter um, pick Ken and, and, and Ryu or Ryu, whatever the fuck. We call him Ryu. Fuck it. Y'all pick Ken and Ryu, but y'all never pick M. Bison, never pick Dao Zim, never pick Chun Lee, never pick, um, what's the boy name with the long legs? Pause. Damn, I could never, I can't think of a nigga name, dog. Y'all never pick Balrog. And then, you know, all y'all t- all y'all y'all never fans of other players outside of LeBron James or or y'all never a fan of anybody outside of motherfucking Patrick Mahomes. Y'all just dick sucking because of popularity and not paying attention to the underrated and the underdogs. I think that was the purpose of that um interlude at the end of Suicide. Eight balls, balls, man. Eight Balls is the best record, man. It's the best song on here. Rome Streets, the beat, everything is amazing on this record. Gym Drop, this was okay. This was okay. Not nothing to do the Dominique Dawes over, but it was all right. P's and Q's featuring Method Man. God damn. It's crazy that Method Man's been in the game since 1993. And it's 2023, and this nigga's still dropping bombs. After all this time, like, Method Man is still incredible. And Rome Streets follow suit. Royal Flush featuring Lukey Cage. Um, I forgot what this uh, concept of the uh, Lukey Cage interlude was about I think it was like food. Oh yeah, it was food. It was he was talking about how people want shit well done. You know what I'm saying? People want the best quality stuff. And he just used food as an example. And I think that shit was dope. But Royal Flush, solid track. Lobsters and 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 Shore Ditch, dope. Rome Streets is talking that. A extravagant lifestyle shit. Dope stamps was dope. <laughs> I know, right? Majesty. Woo! Man, Rome Streets killed that shit. Antidote. Fire. Featuring Plex Diamonds. Plex Diamonds had a hard verse on here. He went crazy. You mad, huh? Featuring China Streets. I don't know if China Streets is related to Rome Streets. Um, she's allegedly an artist from Brooklyn. Well, it doesn't offer much of a bio. I mean, she seems to have, I don't know if she's related to Rome or maybe she was inspired by Rome, but she's nice. And this was like a solo track. Rome Streets doesn't appear on the record. 
So shout out to China Streets for bodying that song. All in all, as I say all the time, Rome Streets and Big Ghost definitely deliver. And Rome Streets continues his momentum as one of the best up and coming MCs that's rapping right now. You know, people don't rap their ass off consistently anymore. Everyone has dumbed it down. Everyone has leaned on Percocets and Auto-Tune. Rome Streets relies on what made the game the game. Lyricism, bars, punchlines, storytelling. The art of pure MC. Now let's get to the main meat and potatoes. This is the 2023 King Known NBA Awards as I give awards to some of the elite motherfuckers in basketball. And let me tell you something. Let me tell you something, Kenny. Let me tell you something, Kenny. Kenny, let me tell you something. This shit is crazy. This shit is mad crazy. Let's get into that shit. All right. MVP. This is very close. I know niggas gonna be mad and they gonna say, oh, he was dunking the smoke. But as I've been saying, the last three seasons, my MVP has not changed. I've been saying this has been my MVP the last three seasons. This should be a two-time MVP by now, but you know how I go. My MVP of 2023 NBA season is Joel Embiid. I mean, come on, man. You've been robbing this nigga for years now. It's about that time to get my man his due and what he deserves. And what he deserves is the 2023 MVP. Nothing to really explain at this point. However, I was close to giving it to Joker. It was very it was actually closer than what it seems this year. But the edge goes to MB. Defensive Player of the Year. That award goes to Jaron Jackson Jr. He's the league leader in blocks. And usually, this type of award goes to an interior defender most of the time. Now, Marcus Smart, I feel like he fell off defensively. I think Drew Holiday was a very close second. I feel like they've been robbing Drew Holiday all these years of this award. And it's about that time. But, however, Jackson Jr. has been a lot, a lot more consistent on the defensive end. His awards award to win rookie of the year i mean this is captain obvious it's paulo vanchero and the orlando magic as a staff record label and as a motherfucking crew have improved they went from the shit end of the stick the bottom of the basement 
to the penthouse floor. Like they've accumulated way more wins than they had the previous season. And a lot of that has to do with Paolo Banchero. So you got to give credit to where credit is due. However, do I still think that Paolo Banchero is overrated? Yes. But that doesn't take away the great season that him and the Magic have had, despite them not making the playoffs. Coach of the year, Mike Brown. I mean, come on, man. He deserves to win Coach of the Year for the second time in his life. I mean, Mike Brown is a beast. Great coach, underrated coach, well-deserving. Got the Sacramento Kings from the bottom of the basement to the top of the tops. They had a lottery. They were a lottery team last year. They got Keegan Murray in the lottery. So it's crazy that they improved the way that they did. I mean, I expected improvement. I thought the Kings was going to be in the play-in game and maybe possibly make the playoffs. Now they're, they they won their division, beating out the defending champs. They made some key signings. We'll get to that. Which leads me to the executive of the year. And the executive of the year is Monte McNair from the Sacramento Kings. Like I said, like I explained earlier about the acquisitions that he made and the vast improvement, he definitely deserves the award. Most improved player got to go to Lori Markkinen. Lori Markkinen was cited by many as a disappointment and borderline draft bust before he went to the Utah Jazz. I mean, he was on Cleveland. He did okay on Cleveland. He had a few nights where he was hot, but Lori Markkinen was a lottery pick. Like he was, you know, cited to be a star in this league. You know? And now, he goes to Utah. Utah's a team that's not picked to do anything. And Utah has one of the hottest starts of the year. Because of him. Then... You have to factor in that um, they still have a chance to make the play-in game if they beat the Lakers. Sixth man of the year. This is a very tough award to decide because there's so many people that deserve to win. My choice for sixth man of the year is Tyrese Maxey. Now, I do understand that Tyrese Maxey has started a handful of games, but once Maxey got injured early in the season, most of his games were played coming off the bench. So that deemed him eligible for the award. And Russell Westbrook, as crazy as that sounds, was still eligible as well. But I have a feeling that they're going to give it to Malcolm Brogdon, despite my choice being Tyrese Maxey. They're going to give it to Malcolm Brogdon, to Brogdon. But I think that Tyrese Maxey deserves to win the sixth man of the year because Tyrese Maxey has bailed Philly out of a lot 
of ass kickings. You dig? So there's that. Now we're gonna move on to the uh, King Known All NBA First Team. Well, I'm going to force this first team because I truly believe that these five guys were wrecking shit. It's really just hard to ignore. So, All-NBA First Team, I got Luka Doncic. I know that's a controversial decision considering how bad Dallas fell off. But um, by the numbers... He's an All-NBA first team. Next up, Stephen Curry. I mean, Steph Curry is Steph Curry. What more can I say? He's one of the great, the 10 greatest basketball players that we've ever seen. He's the greatest shooter ever. And the Golden State Warriors, you know, although they had a slow start, they picked it back up and really did their thing this year, despite the struggles. Next up, Giannis Antetokounmpo. I mean, this is obvious. I mean, Giannis is an all-star. Good on both ends of the court. Very solid player. Nothing more we can say. Next up, Nikola Jokic. Of course, Captain Obvious. Duh. I mean, what more can I say? This nigga is a center. Damn near, if not, averaging a triple-double credit is due to him. Yeah, man. I know y'all dick-sucking TikTok niggas ain't gonna like me pausing every 30 seconds. It's called delivery. It's called a flow. Y'all ain't jumped down Biggie for going B-I-G-B-O-P-P-A No info. Foda. D-E-A. So get off of my dick. And stop lockjawing off my dick about that shit. Anyway, back to the bullshit. Joel Embiid is my last person on the All-NBA First Team. Because last year they changed the rules around. To where it can be two people, it can be two centers in the um, All-NBA First Team now. I think they did that shit last year. So that Embiid and Joker could be in. And so I will follow suit. Now, the All-NBA second team, Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell is a pro- was a problem this year. I mean, from a technical standpoint, he technically deserves to be on the first team over Luka, in my opinion. But we know that this is business, never personal. And it's my business decision to put Mitchell on the second team. Like, Donovan Mitchell has made the playoffs every year he's played basketball. He's a winner, but not a championship winner. Quite yet. Next up, Shea Gilgis-Alexander. I mean, 
look out for him in the most improved player conversation as well. Can't forget about him. I picked marketing because of the state of the, the uh, Thunder. I mean, the Jazz, I mean. Shea Gilgis Alexander was already a star. He was already a star player. I mean, the Clippers did right and drafted him where they drafted him. Can you imagine if it was SGA and Kawhi instead of Kawhi and Paul George? Man, that would have been crazy. Next up is Jason Tatum. And oh yeah, before I get to Jason Tatum, right? All, uh, just in case y'all missed it, all NBA first team was Luka Doncic, Stephen Curry, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Nikola Jokic and Joel Embiid. Now, Jason Tatum, I mean, I think he's the best player in the world. That's just me from a talent standpoint. I mean, he can play offense and defense, shoots the lights out, finishes well at the rim. He has the complete package as a basketball player. Therefore, I think he's the number one player in the world. But based on what happened this year, I think the second team is the right spot for him. Next up, Anthony Davis. Now, this is very controversial, but a lot of people would praise me for voting him here because AD, when he was healthy, boy, I tell you, man, he's running off healthy. This man is probably the best player in the world because he has everything just like Tatum does. Tatum just has better handles. But I feel like um Tatum, I mean, I feel like AD was balling this year, and it's just unfortunate. He was having an MVP caliber season before the injury. Last but not least, DeMontis Sabonis, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, DeMontis Sabonis, he's baby Jokic. That's bottom line. I think that he was having a, a Nikola Jokic type year. He's almost averaging a triple-double. It's crazy how he was how he's been playing this year. Not the best defensive player this year, but But Sabonis definitely deserves to be on this list, man. This dude be passing, be scoring, Got an underrated mid-range jumper. All right, so the All-NBA second team is Donovan Mitchell, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Jason Tatum, Anthony Davis, and DeMontis Sabonis. Let's move on to the All-NBA third team. 
This is Captain Obvious as well. The Aaron Fox. The Aaron Fox has had a hell of a season. Like this dude could score with the best of them. He's improved as well. He's always had decent defense. But, man, Fox has just been a marvel to watch. And De'Aaron Fox has won me a whole lot of money. It's a whole lot of money in this motherfucker. Then, Ja Morant. Man, Ja Morant up until the 12-gauge incidents has had a well-put-together season. He's been balling. He's been going crazy. Next up. Jalen Brown. I mean, come on, man. The guard position is hella loaded, man. It's been loaded. In these um, all-NBA teams, man. Because Brown does it on both ends. Scores, finishes at the rim. Got an underrated three-point shot, too. Next up, LeBron James. Yeah, I know. He's missed a lot of time. I get that. But Braun numbers is ridiculous to be 85 years old. Even though I know, I know, I know, I know he owned the red steroids. But it's fine. He definitely deserves to be on the third team. Easily. Last but totally not least, Julius Randle, ladies and gentlemen. Julius Randle has been balling all year, balling out of control. And he's pushed the Knicks along with Jalen Brunson, who is a snub on my list. Big snub. You know, somebody had to be picked, man, and it it was Randle. He had an all-star season as well. Let's move on to the all, oh, oh yeah, all NBA third team is De'Aaron Fox, John Morant, Jalen Brown, LeBron James, and Julius Randle. Let's move on to the all defensive first team. I mean, this first choice is Captain Obvious. Drew Holiday, duh. What more can I say? Next up, Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown be locking niggas up, man. And he could guard four positions. Pause. Next up, another Captain Obvious, Giannis Antipo Negro. Another Captain Obvious is uh, Jaron Jackson Jr., And last but not least, Bam Adebayo. So the all-defensive first team, to me, is Drew Holiday, Jalen Brown, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Jaron Jackson Jr., and Bam Adebayo. Next up, all-defensive second team. I got Marcus Smart. Um, He has declined. But since there's really legitimately legit, legitimately no defensive players in this league, 
I'll just have to put him on this list by default. Next up, Desmond Bain. Desmond Bain is an underrated defensive player. And he's definitely worthy of being on this list. He's a two-way player. As crazy as that sounds, Desmond Bain is one of the 10 two-way players in the league. And speaking of two-way players, I have Jimmy Butler once again. Jimmy Butler does it on uh, does it on two sides of the basketball. Next up, an underrated two-way player, I got Jason Tatum making his first all-defensive team. And then last, this was a hard choice. It was between Joel Embiid and Rudy Gobert. And I decided to go with Joel Embiid, barely. So the all-defensive second team is Marcus Smart, Desmond Bain, Jimmy Butler, Jason Tatum, and Joel Embiid. Let's move on to the all-rookie first team. My first choice is the hometown, where it goes down. Jaden Ivey. Jaden Ivey, I got to see this kid live. And he is definitely the younger version of Ja Morant. He's got Ja Morant potential. He's explosive. His jump shot has improved. He's an underrated passer. And he and that kid's just got game. And he learned. And he had so many mentors, including his own mother, who was a, a basketball coach herself. Next up, I got Benedict Matherin from the Indiana Pacers. Benedict Matherin had a hell of a first half of the season. But unfortunately, I think he was sidelined with an injury. But I think he's played enough games to make my personal all-rookie first team. Next up is Captain Obvious. Keegan Murray from the Sacramento Kings. He broke the rookie record for most threes in a season. Shout out to Keegan Murray. Next up is my choice for Rookie of the Year, Pablo Manchero. Next up, and last but totally not least, I told niggas about him when he was traded from Minnesota to Utah. Minnesota should have just kept Walker Kessler. Yes, Walker Kessler. He's a double-double machine, and he is a cog. He is a clog in the middle. I told niggas that Walker Kessler fell too low in the draft. And people were going to pay on passing on him. Because in college, in Kansas, he was an elite shot blocker and an elite rebounder. My all-rookie first team is Jaden Ivey, Benedict Matherin, Keegan Murray, Paolo Banchero, and Walker Kessler. Now, the all-rookie second team, this was very difficult to come up with, but I figured it out. So, we got Jaden Hardy as my first choice for all-rookie second team. Like, he came from the G League straight to the pros. I knew Hardy... Hardy reminds, reminded me of Gilbert Arenas, man, as far as his scoring ability and his shooting ability and his ability to uh, finish at the rim. Next up, we got another Captain Obvious, Jalen Williams. I don't know. Jalen Williams might be on the all-rookie first team 
this year, though, despite what I think. Next up, we got O'Shea Akbaji from the Utah Jazz. Let me tell you something. I knew O'Shea Akbaji was going to be a baller and a gamer. Cleveland should have kept him. They shouldn't have traded him to Utah. Now Akbaji is going to be possibly a star in the making. It's another Kansas product, y'all. A, a, a product of that championship team. Him, um, Walker Kessler, and the kid, uh, Christian Braun from the uh, Denver Nuggets and shit. Next, we got Jabari Smith Jr. from the uh, Houston Rockets. Smith Jr. had a great second half of the season. His first half wasn't really about shit, but he improved along and um, shut shit down. Last but not least, the another hometown product, Jalen Duran, ladies and gentlemen. Jalen Duran, when he was in the game for the Pistons, he was very effective. He's giving young Dwight Howard vibes. He really is. He's really fucking cold. He cold-blooded, y'all. My all-rookie team is Jaden Hardy, Jalen Williams, O'Shea Akbaji, Jabari Smith Jr., and Jalen Duran. Last but totally not least, the NBA and the... NBA Players Association have agreed on a new seven-year collective bargaining agreement. I'm shocked. I thought that shit was gonna... I thought it was gonna be close to another lockout next season. But fuck it. They agreed. Clearing the way for labor peace through this decade. This is reported by ESPN. The deal includes a a mutual opt-out after six years. Deal includes an in-season tournament a 65-game minimum for postseason awards, new limitations on highest spending teams, and expanded opportunities for trades and free agency for mid- and smaller-team payrolls. Now, from what I heard from the streets is, there can only be two players on a per team with the Supermax because everybody is handing out Supermax deals like Oprah. And that shit is wrong, my boy. That shit is wrong. And I hate the in-season tournament concept. Yes, the game will be more competitive with this. I could completely understand. But you're still not solving the defensive problem. Y'all got to loosen up on some of these rules. On what's a foul, what's a common foul, what's a flagrant foul, and what is grounds for an ejection. Y'all got to fix your shit, NBA. Adam Silver, gay ass, got to fix this shit. That is my show for the day. I want to thank you for checking me out and fucking with me. This is King Known Uncensored, the King Known NBA Awards, and I'm gone.